Blog Talk Radio. gets me every time but good morning and welcome to the live morning show podcast up your volume where we talk about all things arts and getting conscious i'm on live with my mom paleo boss lady aka v good morning good morning good morning and um happy to be back this is our second show of the new year it's pretty third. exciting is it our third? third it's our third yeah because i remember because of my playlist the first time was a recap of the 2016, and then oh, last week's right. playlist was new, and then this and we talked about third. Yeah, so this is our third. Wow, that's right. Because we that's right. It is the third. Yeah, time's flying. I can't believe it's almost. Someone posted today on social media like um, twenty two more days before we gain another hour of daylight. That's pretty exciting. Wow. Yeah, I know it's almost March, and I'm just like, how? Like, wasn't it just? Christmas and New Year, I don't know. It's it's flying by already. We're already going at the first quarter, you know? Um, Yeah. I get ready to leave tomorrow for the launch of the Taking It to the Streets Tour 2017. Super excited about that. Really excited. Northbound. Northbound. Heading up to NorCal, yep, and really excited. Going to be on the 21st Tuesday at Mission Heirloom in Berkeley with uh, Simone Miller, Zen Belly. And that's going to be super exciting. So I hope you all, all you NorCal folks will consider joining us from 6 to 8 PM on the 21st. You can go to Paleo Boss Lady under events and find out all the deets or Mission Heirloom or Zen Belly. All the places will have information. Yeah. PaleoBossLady.com and and also uh, Instagram at PaleoBossLady. You survived, like, we had a bad storm in L.A. yesterday, right, in California. You know, and it's it's funny. I, I understand the rest of the country wants to, you know, us not being from here, I think, you know, the rest of the country wants to talk about, oh, my God, L.A.'s freaking out because they're finally getting rain and, and they don't know how to handle it. No, like, <laughs> I feel like we're in, like, a hurricane. Like, this is like El Nino and people don't freaking realize it. Like, I mean, right now, in Long Beach, you can't, all the streets are closed because there's trees everywhere. I mean, it literally looks like a tornado came through and wrecked everything, you know, and, and the yeah. good thing is that when we do get this much floods, it is such a dry climate that I think I was telling you earlier, excuse me, earlier, mom, that right outside of our, right outside of our, of our place, down the steps, it gets like a good, you know, half foot, six inches or more of rain that you really have to step through in order to get out to to where your car's parked and stuff. And, you know, for the most part, they can't do anything about that. I mean, it gets flooded here. So luckily the good thing is, you know, because it's so dry by the time I got home last night, it was dry there. It was just like, kind of like you could see where there was a huge puddle, but um, right. it dried up. So it was really good. I mean, it was scary yesterday, you know, contemplating, do I drive out in this? Because, 
I mean, when there's flood warnings and your car is getting, you know, blown in the wind and, you know, the wind is incredible. The, oh my God. Yeah, it's a lot. And when you're driving on the highway, obviously, you can't see. The thing is, you can't see the lines when it's like that. And no matter how fast your wipers are going, it's still, you can't see. You know what I mean? Right. It's that misty, heavy mist. Like, I can't even explain it. Um, foggy, heavy mist. So it's just, it was ugly. I'm glad it, it looks like it's over. You know, knock on wood. I'm glad we, you know, we came out of the drought, but I definitely, um, I definitely was scared last night for sure. But the gig was great. Thank you to everybody who came out to the nice guy last night. Um, we were there Wednesday. Uh, we were also there last night tonight. I'm actually going to be at the public house in Fullerton. Um, Evans Brewing Company. It's going to be awesome. There's really great food, really good beers on top um, that they've brewed in house. And um, tomorrow I'll be back at, Old Stomping Grounds, the Boathouse in Long Beach, which I haven't been to I know, since so I, I think, uh, December. I'm excited and bummed because I'm excited that you're back at the Boathouse because I love you at the Boathouse. And I'm bummed because I'm not going to be able to do either of them because I have to get to bed early tonight to leave early tomorrow. So I wanted to go to the new one in Fullerton. And I love the Boathouse. So I hope that, you know, you'll still be there when I get back. Because I want Definitely. to Definitely. I hope so as well. And I'll keep you guys posted on that. For more information on that, you can go to at Nikki Beauvais on Instagram or Nikki-Beauvais.com. Um, we had an awesome dinner on Thursday. So we, we were supposed to hang out. Like she said, she's leaving early in the morning. She was going to come check out the new spot. Um, but we had an awesome dinner. I mean, I can't stop thinking about that dinner you created on Thursday. Um, check out her Instagram post of it. Um, or follow us on Snapchat where we pretty much did recorded the whole thing live as well or Instagram. Um, but it was like a awesome soul fish taco with cabbage and avocado. Oh my God. It was unbelievable. I'm really and it took like that 10 one. minutes. It took Literally like 10 minutes, right? 10 minutes. And of course we used our Nativa, um, red, red, red palm. palm. And it was freaking amazing. Um, so today we have choice. a really I did. I did. I, I'm always I so excited that. that you picked Red Palm. No, I love Red Palm. I use it Got a lot. Yeah, you have Got to use to. it. I'm excited. So it's a really I'm actually... exciting show for you guys. Yeah, I didn't mean I'm to cut so you off. excited. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have um, a Grammy wrap-up today. Obviously, got to run through that. A lot of crazy things going on. Um, want to get you guys' feedback, too, so make sure you give us a call at 845-277-9095. Um, we did have somebody plant. We had um, Yermis. Yes. We had Yermis from Mission Heirloom Garden Cafe coming on. Um, we don't know if she's going to be in today. We're going to, you know, this is all live, and we were just talking about how, you know, we've had amazing luck, but, you know, I think in almost a year of streaming, we haven't had um, you know, this type of situation, but we're rolling with it. We got a lot of stuff planned. Yeah. So if, if we don't get to interview her, we'll set her up for a future podcast because we really, really are excited to speak with her and, um, you know, talk about all that awesome stuff that's going on over at Mission Heirloom Garden Cafe up north, actually, in Berkeley, um, and her TEDx with her husband, all that good stuff. So hopefully she calls in today. If not, like I said, we're going to reschedule that. Um, but I kind of want to get right into the Grammy wrap-up. Yes, yeah, so I can't you? wait. Okay, awesome. So first, I just want to give a shout out to my stomping grounds, Berkeley College of Music. Um, 
they were nominated for 31 Grammy Awards this year, uh, alumni. That's awesome. It's always a huge number. Um, I get really choked up. I've been really emotional lately, as everybody knows. But um, So, yeah, the Recording Academy actually nominated 29 alumni, alumni as well as two composers that studied, making it a total of 31. Um, for the sixth year in a row, Berkeley alumni are nominated in Album of the Year. How crazy is that? For the sixth That's year true. in I, a row. My whole body has goosebumps. Isn't that nuts? Isn't yes. that freaking nuts? Yes. And you know what? It's awesome because the, the graduation years go are, are 86, 91, 03. Like, it gives me hope because I'm, I'm approaching 30 rapidly. And, you know, it, it's just proving that it's never too late to keep your name in music and you can do it till the day you die. Um, speaking of which, um, we got Willie Nelson on this list winning Best Traditional Pop Vocal. Um, for Willie Nelson sings Gershwin with Summertime. Um, I actually got to see him live about a Recently. week and a half ago. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and it was, I mean, definitely bucket list worthy. I was in Vegas, you know, um, at the Venetian seeing Willie Nelson. But I think, you know, I, I remember my dad maybe in like September of this year being like, let's talk about how we're going to set up your retirement fund and how are we going to get you a 401k and, you know, all this stuff. And I told, I, I literally had to break it down for, me, for him and just ask him these two questions. Do you know Willie Nelson? Do you know who Willie Nelson is? He said, yes. He said, okay, do you know who Aretha Franklin is? He said, yes. I said, well, I'm kind of in that, I see myself in that category where there is, <laughs> there is no retirement plan. No, I there is be no on retirement that stage <laughs> till the day I can't sing anymore or walk anymore. I mean, literally, even if it's kind of rough for you guys to listen to, I'm going to be doing it. You know what I mean? And yep. that's kind of why I had mad respect for Willie Nelson because it was pretty freaking rough. But at the end of the day, he's about to turn 84 and he's up there slaying his guitar and singing the best he can and standing as long as he can and, you know, making money. So, you know, whether I thought it was the best show of my life or not really wasn't as big of a deal to me as a getting to see the man, the myth, the legend live. And two, just having mad respect for him for performing until literally his, his final days. I mean, you know, 84 is, is not, not a young, not a young age. So just wanted to let you guys know that I give a shout out to Berkeley for the nominations. I'm not actually sure which of those um, nominations won out of the two, but as you guys know, um, Paris Strother and Anita bias from the from king um the trio that we're really close friends with um they were nominated for best urban contemporary album they're going against beyonce i mean at the end of the day at the end of the day lemonade was such a big album they were so and they tweeted they're so happy for for lemonade for winning but i was really sad to see them lose um i definitely they're winners in my eyes for sure um, John oh, yeah. Schofield, John Schofield, class of 73, even nominated for best improvised jazz solo um, with I'm So Lonesome I Could Cry. I mean, that I saw him live my first year at Berkeley um, and he is he was he was class seven, nine, uh, two, 1973. So, I mean, literally, like I said, there is no age limit. Um, all the I mean, going back to the 70s, 
early 70s for people that were nominated that went to my school. Um, and again, can just congratulations to all the nominations that are, you know, in general, but also want to give, you know, a huge shout out to Berkeley because that's yeah. Um, speaking of that, before we get into the rest of the Grammy wrap up, I'm not going to do a playlist because I have such a long, I want to go over, you know, performances and um, who won the big, the big titles. Um, but Christian Scott, another for my former Berkeley alum, as you guys know him as the trumpet trumpeter extraordinaire. Um, you know, he got a full scholarship to Berkeley, graduated in 2004, um, won a few Grammys. He just announced that he is doing a trilogy series. Um, for more information on that, um, I really, you know, most jazz musicians know Christian Scott. He is probably the top trumpeter right now. Um, he is, you know, doing a huge uh, three EPs back to back, going to hit us huge. And it's, it's all social political as well. Um, it, it's going to be awesome. So, I want you guys to check that out. You can either go to christianscott.com or okplayer.com. Did a really nice article on it as well. Um, so that's just a shout out to him. And really, you know, obviously once I get those EPs in hand, we will be checking them out. I'm sure they're going to make our playlist a few times. Um, so for Grammy recap, we had record of the year, Adele, obviously. 20, you know, 25 was a huge album. That one for Hello. Um, album of the year, 25, Adele. Song of the year, Hello, Adele. Best new artist, Chance the Rapper. <laughs> yep, best pop solo, Adele. Hello. Um, best pop duo, 21 Pilots. And this is funny because they actually started off the night with this, um, which was awesome. And they actually were the first to receive an award, and they took their pants off, and they they – got on stage in their underwear. And I'm talking like little mini briefs, like not tidy whities not, but, but not boxers. Wow. I mean, they were I briefs. And, you know, everyone's kind of like, okay, they just doing some like green day type shit, you know, like trying to be like whatever, you know what I mean? Or, mm-hmm. you know, are they going to say something about it? So they get up there and they totally just say, you know, about four years ago, it's a duo, so two of them get up there, and and one guy's talking, and I apologize for not knowing their, their them by name, but uh, their artist name is 21 Pilots, and the guy says to, you know, I remember four, three or four years ago, I was sitting at home, and I invited him over to watch the Grammys with him, and a, a few other of our friends, and it was shortly into the Grammys that we realized that we were all sitting in our underwear and we all started laughing and said, if we ever make it to the Grammys and it gets me choked up saying this. And it's funny because it's a funny story, but it actually gets me choked up. They said to this day, we still remember saying that if we ever won a Grammy, we, we take, take it just like how we are dressed right now. So in our underwear. Um, <laughs> That's and- awesome. It is awesome. And, you know, they, they said obviously never expecting to make it, you know, so it just shows that, you know, you can go from watching the Grammys one year to the next year, literally accepting the award in, in your freaking underwear for winning a Grammy. I mean, very big. That awesome. is huge year. Um, some of the other big winners um, are going to be um, the best vocal album. 
that was Adele as well. Best dance record, Don't Let Me Down. Chainsmokers, they've had a phenomenal year. Um, and then I think the electronic album uh, was Flume for Skin. And contemporary instrumental, you have Snarky Puppy. Obviously, they've been a favorite of mine for years. But a lot of shockers for, for a lot of these. Um, obviously, Snarky Puppy up against Steve Gadd band. Um, very huge. Uh, bless, best rock performance, David Bowie won for Black Star. I'm so happy for that. Um, even though I was... I was just as excited as, as David Bowie for David Bowie to win as I was for Alabama Shakes to win. If they would have won, I would have been really happy for her. She's freaking awesome. Um, and then best medical medical best metal performance <laughs> was Megadeth. Um, I know best medical. What the heck's wrong with me? And again, best rock song was Black Star. David Bowie. So congratulations um, to him, and may he rest in peace with those two last little Grammys um, and then performances guys this is this is just this is just where it gets pretty funny and slightly ugly so I tried to do my best of making it in playlist fashion of giving you guys my order okay okay starting with one and going all the way to 19 it was really hard for me to make this list guys it really was um, the first Four were very easy for me. Um, or I guess the first three were very easy for me. So I have the Prince tribute at number one, Bruno Mars. I mean, I just, I couldn't love him any more. I could not love an artist more than I love Bruno Mars. And I, Is he I so don't talented? It's ridiculous. It makes me sick. It really makes me sick. And mom, if you, if you haven't seen this performance, I really want you to actually go and watch the YouTube video the second we are done this podcast, because genuinely he rips a guitar. He is wearing the classic purple rain outfit that Prince wore that we all know with the white, you know, ruffled shirt underneath and the, you know, the, the Mm -hmm. velvet, the the purple velvet, right. um, The crushed velvet. (laughs) <laughs> Crushed velvet, you know. I mean, it's just epic. And he not only looks like Prince, sounds like Prince, dances like Prince, but he freaking plays guitar like a badass and just slays it. And I think shocks the world. And and he he continuously shocks the world. And I think I don't think we've had an artist like that since I don't since like an Elvis type of thing. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. Definitely just just. He just comes, he keeps just blowing our minds and making us all speechless. Number two, Bruno Mars' performance, because that was freaking awesome with 24 karat gold. I mean, that was mm-hmm. unbelievable. Um, so I have him at one and two. Um, three, Tribe Called Quest and Anderson Pox featuring Buster Ryan's A Consequence. That was very, very, um, you know, political meets also, uh, you know, another, I think, what, what award show was it? VMAs where they did a tribute to Fife, Fife Dog, and they did it again. Um, obviously, Tribe Called Quest has gone down to two instead of three um, with the loss of uh, Fife, I, I guess, back in August. Um, he had struggled with diabetes and stuff, so I thought they did a really, really great job. I thought the message was really clear. Um, Beyonce was very highly anticipated, uh, she's pregnant, so it was an ode to motherhood. Uh, I think it got extremely religious for some people, but I think her voice is 
always unbelievable. And her message um, this year has been the loudest of all. She's been um, very political in the past year and a half, very, you know, creating movements. So I put her at number, uh, what is this, four. Four. Um, And then I put Alicia Keys and Maren Morris at number five. Um, They did a really good job. Maren Morris, country singer, actually showed off her pipes, did, you know, very good, like R&B style stuff. Um, actually my, you know, my boyfriend, a few of my friends actually went to Grammy camp with her. And when she gave her speech for winning her, I guess it was best country pop record, or I I forget what she wanted. Pardon me for that. Um, but when she did accept her award, she said, it's just crazy to think about, you know, a few years ago I was attending Grammy camp and now I'm on the stage accepting an award. As you guys could tell, I'm very emotional. I, I get very emotional. I mean, the Grammys to me are, are, are it. So when people win them, I just, I can't even imagine what that feels like for them. Um, so, yeah, congratulations to her for not only, you know, being a new artist, but getting on that Grammy stage and winning a Grammy and then getting to perform with Alicia Keys, which is just freaking awesome. Amazing, uh, yeah. Ed Sheeran, he did the what Ed Sheeran was good at before Ed Sheeran got discovered was what he did at the Grammys, which is looping, acoustic, just him, no band, raw, 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 raw. And he freaking killed it a lot of people hated the new song they did not like it i say f them that song is awesome and i respect people for going in a different direction i think you know i grew up loving you know loving incubus and and bands like that and um every album wasn't like science every album wasn't like morning view i mean they all evolved and you either have the fans that are on board with you the whole time and go through that evolution with you, or you have the fans that are, you know, genre locked. They're like, no, I want every song to sound the same, just like their first album. And you know, I'm not that person. I like evolution. I like you to, to hear the artist grow. So I like the direction Ed Sheeran chose to go in. And I think he is still definitely true to his roots. He built the whole song, played everything himself from guitar, bass, piano he made the drum beat and he did it all live right in front of you guys and looped it all and killed it he did all of his own backups and and layered it it was just sick um you know obviously you guys have we've interviewed michael greenberg a few times and he's it made me think of him and um it was just mind-blowing um i put seven as adele's opening number with hello she did perform twice um hello you know i put it so you know, a little bit lower in the list. I used to be a big, I, I still am. I don't know why I said used to, but I always think Adele has the best voice. Um, I think I discovered her long before she was the Adele that you guys know um, and love. And I think Hello for me just got played out and I sing it at a lot of my shows. Um, it's beautiful. It's really hard to sing. Um, it's cool timing and all that stuff. Um, but I wasn't, you know, I, it's been so played out and it's a year, it's almost two years old because it actually came out in 2015 that, you know, to start out with it, I was kind of like, okay, I want to fast forward. I want to get to the Grammys, but obviously she killed it. It sounded exactly like the record. Um, no changes there. She's, she comes in at number seven, number eight, Gary Clark Jr. with William Bell. That was incredible. If you guys don't know who Gary Clark Jr. is, you need to get on it. He is unbelievable guitar player, blues singer. Um, he's been on the map for a while now, but, um, it seems like people are still getting hip to him. Um, they actually co-wrote a song. He and William Bell um, co-wrote Born Under a Bad Sign, actually made famous by blues legend Albert King. 
Um, so they took the stage and um, it, it was awesome. It was really, really, really awesome. Um, if you guys haven't seen the billboard.com's rundown of performances and, and the way they rank them, check it out. Let me know if you agree. I do not. I do not agree with any of their numbers. Um, <laughs> but and it's surprising. I'm going to check it feel, out. Yeah, I feel like Billboard, you know, you should be able to, you know, latch on. Um, but I still want to get to your stuff, Mom, so let me run through this really quickly. Um, Pentaton is coming in at number nine. They did a really quick uh, number I would have had them at number one just because I think they're so album but they did uh, Jackson 5 cover of ABC um, for some reason Billboard has them last and I'm just like how could you ever put Pentaton it's last they're so unbelievably talented um, had to have them at number nine Keith Urb oh no wait wait I changed it up Chance the Rapper came in at number 10 um, with Kirk Franklin and uh, Tamela Mann they did How Great Is Our God and um, obviously you know i I been a worship leader and that song is the jam and chance did his thing and it was just really beautifully done um so i had to have him at number 10 he also had one best new artist uh, he won two awards um really strange really strange acceptance speeches but um clearly very very religious and you know um it, it showed in his performance as well number 11 keith urban and carrie underwood i, I think people would be surprised for me to put country so high on the list, but um, Carrie Underwood and Keith Urban, I really love that song, and I really, really, really love her voice, and I always have, um, but this was kind of like a little, like, Grease, Danny, and Sandy type cute thing. They, it was very cute, really nice done, really nicely done. Um, didn't make a huge impact, but I think it was nicely done. Coming in at number 12, Sturgill Simpson and the Dot Kings did a tribute to uh, Sharon Jones. Really, really great. John Legend and Cynthia um, Arrivo, they are coming in at number 13. I'm trying to think of what they did. They did, um, right, right, right. They did uh, God Only Knows, the Beach Boys, and it was awesome. Oh. It was a really short segment. It wasn't a full thing. They just kind of did like a memorial thing. Um and it was really beautiful. Obviously, John Legend's amazing. Cynthia um, Arrivo is actually a Tony and Grammy Award-winning Color Purple Broadway star. So she's she's obviously known for her voice as well. Um, the, Bee Gees, the Bee Gees tribute was nice. Um, I think Demi did an okay job. That's Demi Lovato. Um, I think I expected a little more from... Tori Kelly, but she never really lets me down. I think Andrea Day did way too much. Um, but I think overall, it was great. My personal opinion is when you're doing a tribute, um, don't put runs. If it's the Bee Gees, do, you know, you know, I don't I don't think you need a bunch of flashy runs, and I don't think they need that. I don't think that I don't think the vocally, you know, busy stuff is 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 what they what, what you know, what they would want to hear on their song. Personal opinion. Okay. Um, and, yeah, the rest of them were pretty much shit after that, I really think. I think um, Lucas Graham, that song's really annoying, and the way they mashed it up with um, Kelsey Ballerini's really kind of made me want to – I didn't like it. Uh, the Weeknd and Daft Punk, nothing special. Katy Perry and Skip Marley liked the song, hated the performance. George Michael's tribute, I really don't even want to get into it. The You know, Adele – as you guys know, started, went in for a minute, 
wrong key, started it over. People gave her kudos for that. I do, but at the same time, the show must go on. And she's had about three terrible Grammy performances, and I'm I'm just, um, you know, she cursed and and stuff. But I th- I just think it's very unprofessional, and I think as a, a singer, I expect more from a top singer like that. I really do. Um, so I put that almost last. And then Lady Gaga with Metallica it did not. It did not do anything for me, so that came in last. Um, obviously, Metallica did a great job. If they didn't have Lady Gaga, I think I would have put them higher. And if Lady Gaga would have done her own thing, I would have had her higher. But them together, just it looked weird and sounded even weirder, and I wasn't a fan. So that's my that's my spiel, and I'm sorry it lasted 30 minutes. Well, it's the Grammys. I mean, if you're going to have 30 minutes, it's got to be after the Grammys, I would think, right? Right? Yeah, no, and and – you know, obviously, we don't know what's going on with our guests, so I'm trying to fill space, and I could talk about that shit all day, and you know that. No worries. Well, how about if we go to a break, and then when we come back, we'll do the conscious living stuff? Can't wait. All right. Here's a word from our sponsors about the Taking the Streets tour. And remember, guys, she does launch tomorrow, so check that out on paleoboxlady.com. Up Your Volume Morning Show Podcast and the Taking the Streets tour are brought to you by Nativa. We would like to thank our good friends at Nativa for their support of the Taking It to the Streets tour. We can't say enough about Nativa products. We adore that Nativa is committed to nurturing vitality by consciously curating the world's finest plant-based organic ingredients. In fact, most of the dishes in our house found on our kitchen table are made possible by the fine products from Nativa. For more information on all of their products, Go to www.nativa.com. That's N-U-T-I-V-A.com. And Palm Done Right. You've probably heard the horror stories about palm oil. Orphaned orangutans, rainforests destroyed, smoldering fires that pollute the air, Thankfully, that is not all there is to this tale. There's another happier story that is yet to be told. One where farmers are empowered and communities thrive. One where animals and people are healthy. Where the land flourishes with diversity. And it's called Palm Done Right. Our good friends at Natural Habitats are committed to supporting the community with Palm Done Right. And we are honored to have them supporting the Taking It to the Street Store. To learn more, please head to www.palmdunright.com. Again, that's palmdunright.com. I just remembered when that came on, when we, when we did our first show back this year with Claire, and that just, like, randomly came on. Um, oh, yeah. In the middle of our thing when Claire was on, that was hysterical. Oh, that's funny. Mm. Um, so, that's, yeah, what do you got for us this week? Well, the first thing is I'm, you know, listening to about Nativa. I'm excited when I go to the Taking It to the Street store. I'm going to be doing um, a little talk at Nativa. So I can't wait to see the whole team from Nativa, yeah, when I'm up there. And I'm so grateful for their support. And um, what I wanted to talk about, which was going to lead into um, Yermes' talk, was about epigenetics. And they did a... TEDx, um, they did a TEDx in January of 2016, and um, that's they sort of talked about that in, in their life and how 
the role that it played with her family. So I first wanted to just sort of take it back and, and like, what is this topic? And um, basically it is um, a change in your gene expression. And when I'm talking about that, it's imagine, um, you know, we don't need to really get into sort of the whole DNA thing very scientifically, but we all know that there are cells, right? Mm-hmm. And that cells direct our activities and that um, the activities and the things contained in the cells are called DNA. And, you know, the DNA, there's, a, you know, controls all kinds of things like our adrenals, our, th- our, our, our thymus glands, like all of that stuff. And then um, the sequence of the DNA determines basically how our life is instructed. So does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, and they did a book called The Genome, which basically broke down DNA and um, gave us a better understanding of genetics. And from that came epigenetics, which basically is about how your genes are read by your cells. So what we're learning about this, which is really interesting, is imagine like there's directors make that make movies. They sort of direct how the scenes go and how the yeah. script runs and all those things. You can actually direct your script, meaning your body, your life, using epigenetics. Because what wow. they've learned, yeah, it's kind of cool. What they've learned over time is that your epigenetics are influenced by the environment, by your age, by how you live your life. And with lifestyle and environment playing such a huge role, they have a great influence on our epigenetic changes. And these changes can result in chronic disease, behavioral issues. So basically what you know, what we're learning is that we have a role and uh, with epigenetics based on diet and lifestyle. And mm-hmm. I learned that early on, I'll never forget the first time I went to the Walls Symposium, Dr. Walls um, did a functional medicine intake form with all of us. And if you've never had one of those, it's completely mind boggling the first time, very hard to wrap your head around. I completely didn't understand what we were doing until sitting with it for several days because doctors have never asked me these questions before, but the types of questions that she was asking and we were being asked to answer, I knew about halfway through that we if we paid attention to the kinds of things that functional medicine does and the things that epigenetics does, um, it would, it was very clear at a young age that I was going to have an autoimmune disorder. I actually have. Sorry to interrupt, but we do have a caller. So it it could potentially be our guest. You're miss. Okay. Well, let's, let's let's bring her on. Okay. Hold on one second. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? This is Irmis. Oh, hello. Welcome. Sorry, guys, I'm late. I completely missed the time. It's one of those things that when I realized it it couldn't be possibly be 1030. Not a problem. And, and, you know, you just came on at a perfect time. We were just talking about you. So, um, Mom, why don't you, you continue? 
Yeah, basically what, you know, we were talking about was uh, the power of, you know, epigenetics, which was a precursor to, you know, what you um, spoke about at your TEDx. And then I believe your daughter followed up with another TEDx talking about her personal experience. Am I correct? Yes, that's absolutely right. We believe yeah. the power of epigenetics. We've seen it firsthand. And uh, I have to tell you, I'm, I'm pregnant now. I'm 26 weeks pregnant. God bless. All we've been doing in the last few months, it's uh, working on the epigenetics, trying to express the best out of, out of, uh, for this baby. It's oh, amazing. Well, congratulations. Yeah, that's really exciting, having another child. That's super awesome. Um, yes, it is. I was saying how the first time I went to Dr. Terry Walls did a symposium, and the first time I really sort of became really aware of this was when she did, Dr. Walls did a functional medicine intake where she was asking so many questions, and as I was being prompted to answer them, um, it became clear that at early on um, we could see <laughs> that I was going to have an autoimmune disease. You know, it was very clear based on the patterns and the way I had lived my life, based on the signs that my body was giving me, based on the diet that my life consisted of, the stressors, um, the psychological abuses, that something was going to happen and how powerful it is to be able to know that we have a role in this, in this journey, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. For us, what's the same because we were able to diagnose Moya at 10 with uh, early antibodies of Hashimoto's. And you can measure the antibodies maybe 10, even 20 years before you get the onset of the whole, um, the whole development of the, of the illness or the disease. Uh, you can catch it in time and fully reverse it. That's, that's incredibly, incredibly powerful because, we all live under chemicals, under stressors, under um, so many so many factors that can alter our the way that our genes get expressed. But really, uh, we're gonna um, we're gonna break at our weakest link, right? That's right. the whole thing. So if for her was the thyroid, it would be Hashimoto's. If for you is the mess, it would be the brain. I actually had early markers to my adrenal glands. So I think working on that. And and everybody has something, right? Right. We, we say mm-hmm. that it's not um, a matter of uh, if, but a matter of when for people. It's right. so true. I mean, I have all three. I have uh, adrenal fatigue, Hashimoto's, and MS. And uh, I'm sure the markers were there early on. And this, this um, learning for you, uh, would you say this was what prompted the um, – the desire to open Mission Heirloom? Absolutely, because uh, it was a perfect timing, and it was a perfect storm. My mm-hmm. husband and I were actually going to take a, a sabbatical year. We were both designers. We were super tired of what we were doing, and we, we were looking for purpose more than just creating products. And as we started that journey, we started changing our diet, figuring out ourselves, discovering all these things that caught us by surprise, because we had no idea how how we were we were some of those people that were oh no we're fine we can eat everything allergies who has allergies mm-hmm. and those, that, mm-hmm. those we, we were those people and um, after a year we started seeing changes and then after two years even more changes it's a progressive um, 
uh, it's a progress. You know, mm-hmm. you, you, it's like peeling an onion. You discover one thing and you try and you get a certain percentage of improvement and you peel another layer and you get another percentage of improvement. And, and so you go and our friends started asking us, like, okay, what do we do? What, what should we be testing? And after they started uh, knowing what, what was wrong with them, they started coming back, like, okay, so now how, how do I change my diet and right. what do I eat? And we started okay. feeling like instead of helping them, we were cursing them because now they were more unhappy because they couldn't figure out or they were mm-hmm. even more stressed because it's, when, uh, back then we started this journey uh, early 2010 and it was just the beginning of uh, books, uh, Rob Wolf's book, the, the, the Paleo Solution was just out. Yeah, so it was really just putting all the pieces together, and um, so there was not a lot of products like in the markets, and people were very confused and angry. And we said, you know what? Why don't we just like create a hub for these, where people can come and get that sense of overwhelmness shut down? And it happens today. Three years later, it happens when people walk in and you can see them. They're like deers in the light, um, completely overwhelmed. And we we can identify them really quick and ask, hey, how are you? First time here. And they tell you, yes, I'm coming from the doctor. I just got diagnosed of XXX, which could be any autoimmune disease. Mm -hmm. And they told me to come here too because I could eat anything here. And just and we immediately tell them, no, it's okay. We have a whole restaurant around it. And they're yeah. like, oh, wow, this is amazing, right? There's so many options. And, um, yeah, absolutely. We didn't know what we were getting into. It's an incredible amount of work to have a restaurant. And not only restaurants, but we wanted products because that's our specialty. And we wanted people to be able to not only come and eat, but get that convenient side of, like, taking things home. And um, and learn how to make it right. As they are buying it, they we have customers that are buying our, our carriage and your soup, and now they're like, oh yeah, now we 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 dare to make it at home. And that's like the best compliment. Can anybody? Yeah. Get? Yeah. No, that's great because um, I think a lot of us, you know, got to this place because you know of our own learning, and I can tell you that you know, like you were saying, you felt sort of like you were inspiring people by your own discoveries um, of new ways of looking at wellness, but yet leaving them hanging before Mission Heirloom with how they prepare the stuff at home. And I sort of felt the same way that, you know, I was doing as much as I could from the comforts of a home via social media, that if I really wanted to create a movement of change, I had to get in the car and drive around the country and hang out with people in their kitchen and give them the tools and show them how to do it. Um, And, you know, I'm sure, you know, for you, that's a wonderful thing to know that people are coming there. They feel comfortable to be able to eat whatever they want, but then knowing that they can go home and try and recreate some of the stuff that you guys have taught them, that there is hope. Yeah, there is hope. That's uh, that's uh, incredible because uh, right now we're also having uh, People that walked in, like we have a couple of cases, uh, they walked in and they're like, okay, I, I want something healthy here because I've heard you guys sell healthy food and uh, 
I remember, uh, well, I, I know the story of this girl came in, one of our guys in our team, he said, well, you know, he wants to be a nurse, and he's amazing, he cares about people like no one else, and he's like, well, you know, I've never done it, but this AIP, which is the autoimmune protocol uh, mm-hmm. diet, I'm, I'm sure you're more than aware of, about it, mm-hmm. but for the audience, um, he said that people swear by it. Well, it happens that she came back. This is like right at the beginning when we opened the restaurant, and then she came back two years later, and she's like, look, I want to work with you guys because you, the, the person you see today it's thanks to this Aww. diet and me learning about this because I was pretty much bereaved and I almost crawl here. And right. that's when I started like autoimmune protocol. Like, what is that? And she started looking and she bought some of the books that we, ha- we carry at the store and she's a complete functional person today and she's wow. working with us. It's that... Wow. It's that that change is, is, is the most beautiful thing is that two years later, you can really see the rewards for the people that stuck to it. And oh, we're seeing it on a regular basis. And this is like, wow, this really works. It not only worked for us, which we, we knew it was going to work, but it's very different when people start coming and start telling, mm-hmm. telling you their stories, right? That they've stuck to it and that they learn about it. It's um, it's incre- incredibly empowering and powerful. That's amazing. Well, and you guys work long. Restaurant work is some of the hardest work out there. I mean, my daughter worked. Nikki, you you understand that work better than I do, but it's not for the faint of heart to get into the exactly. business of food. No, it's well, not, but I mean, I, they're, they're doing it for completely different reasons, you know, and I think when you have that type of passion behind it, then it it doesn't feel like work, I'm sure, for them, you know? It 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 doesn't, it doesn't, no? We've never, we never work 120 hours a week uh, right. ever in our life before. Um, but every time you go to the, to the, again, to face the customers and see them cry and asking you if they can hug you, it just takes all the pains away. Like, it doesn't, right. it doesn't matter anymore. Right, and I think um, we have an, an, an anecdote because I feel that the first year my husband and I drove there to announce that we were closing the restaurant every single day of the first year because it was so hard. <laughs> we were like, okay, today, yes, we're closing. And we get there, there's people waiting outside. And as you're like in there, the customers, it's like, you guys have no idea how happy I am that you guys are here because otherwise I would be lost. And he's like, okay, we can't wow. close today. Today can't be the day. Right, we're not closing <laughs> like today. That, that, that's uh, a powerful. Yeah, not, I guess we're not. <laughs> and yeah, then that... I, I, then after that, it's settled, and you just get on the flow of things, and you know, you develop the systems, and it just gets better and better. And um, yeah, we're moving into products that we can also sell nationwide. So that our thing is impact, right? It's like how many people can we really touch and help? Right. And um, out of one restaurant in a small city, it's tough. It's tough. So we're going to move into that direction too and keep the restaurant as a hub and as a showroom where we can experiment and have people gather and make community. 
That's so great. Yeah. It's been three years, you said, that you've been open? Yeah, we opened, uh, we have two, two physical locations where we have a central kitchen where we create everything. And then the actual restaurant, they're 10, 10 15 minutes apart. And uh, the kitchen opened in uh, early 2014. We started working on it on 2000, end of 2013. And uh, the restaurant opened in November 2014. So the restaurant is two wow. years, a few months. But the kitchen, we started selling uh, the, 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 the food in boxes for people that would uh, find us online and people that would find us on Good Eggs, which is like a, like a farmer's to your door online platform uh, distribution and delivery. And, um, and then a year later, pretty much, we opened the, the cafe. So for us, in the business is three years, even though the cafe is two. Right. And you're well known for your Yukon Crunch, which is um, <laughs> just something that is, well, it, I, I don't know if it's just people that eat consciously or what, but you do kind of miss crunchy food. And this is an exceptional one because uh, you can put ghee on it or avocado and it's unbelievable. It's made with cassava flour, right? Yeah. Well, um, to tell you the truth, um, the Yukon Crunch, it's it comes to fix a, an actual crave of crunch that we have in our brain. And, it's an Aboriginal food. I grew up with it. It's made by the Aboriginals around the Caribbean Sea, and I'm from Venezuela originally, so wow. I never grew up with bread, lucky for me. I grew up with these uh, crunchy uh, wow. flat bread. And um, when, when we started learning about, I was living in New York already since 1999, and uh, I came to the U.S. when I was 24, and I started having pro- health problems and weight problems. That's when everything, the culprit of my disasters, when I came here and changed my diet. I have, I have a father that was a grass-fed uh, cattle rancher. So I, I had it really lucky when I was uh, growing up. So um, when my husband and I uh, read uh, Rob Wolf's book, we're like, whoa, we got to try these. We discovered my husband was celiac. That was the first aha moment. And then uh, we traveled to Venezuela. And when I walked into the supermarket, I told Bobby, we can eat this. This is like the perfect bread. He said, what do you mean? I'm like, I pretty much like almost opened a package in the supermarket. Like, eat this. <laughs> it wow. The way that it's done, actually, it's, um, there's no flour needed. It's actually with a real root. So it's a fresh, it's a fresh, extremely minimally processed because all you have to do is peel the the root, uh, grate it, and then it's like uh, making. If you visualize making almond milk, so you just like press it and try to extract about forty five percent of the weight and water, which releases so most of the starches, and you keep that fiber. That fiber cut really, really small, really, really, really dry. You just grab it and make it loose, like very, very fluffy, and uh-huh. just like spread it over your pan, and it binds together. That's all it is. That's wow. why it has no flavor, and it's actually very dry because it's just, it's just the fibers. But it makes it a perfect platform for flavor so that you, all you get is the crunch, and that's 
that's what, what people need to, like, understand. Okay, I'm buying this for the crunch for, I mean, on top, it's a uh, soluble fiber. It's an incredible fiber for, the, for us, and it's a resistant starch. So the starch left, you know, I, I, I don't worry about it too much. Mm-hmm. And um, and the bread is made. It's that simple. Wow, well, delicious. And then yeah, you also have. Delicious. It sounds amazing, right? Yeah, it it, it sounds like magic, and it's it's like <laughs> incredible how like sometimes simple things are the the most genius, right? Right, right. Well, and you guys also have like soups and um, coconut oils and. Um, all kinds of to-go um, stews, things like that, right, that people can get if they're in your area. Yeah, we do. We have a, a big case full of jars with meats, vegetable soups, uh, pickles, um, pate, like chicken pate, chicken liver pate, wow. all the things that uh, are foundational for us in, um, in nutrition and nutrient density. Nothing has any filler, anything that we do. Um, Everything we do has a reason to be there. And a lot of people say, like, oh, that's all I'm going to eat because our portions are not really big uh, to the standard. And Mm -hmm. just eat it and see how you feel in a a little bit. And then they come back and say, hey, that day I didn't eat dinner. I was so full and satisfied. And I said, well, well, you should have something for dinner, but (laughs) you should be eating them all the time. And uh, we also have uh, other vendor products. We support uh, people. We believe this is a movement. Uh, we're mm-hmm. not here to, you know, to, to compete or make a business. It's more like to, to support the movement and uh, that we feel saved us and it's a way of contributing. And we sell uh, products like Otus cassava flour. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And banana plantain flour and tiger nut flowers and um, oils and a lot of um, skin care and everything we think can we find that we trust and that we've scrutinized and have passed our standards and we feel comfortable saying you can endorsing that and saying you can you can try that. That's awesome. And for people that live in the local area, they can even get delivery, so they can check that out at missionaryloom.com to get all the yes. information about what they can get. But it looks like you have a pretty large delivery area, which is great. We do. We work with Amazon Fresh. We work with Good Eggs. We work with Uber Eats, wow. Caviar. Yeah, it's, uh, and it does very well. But um, right now the most exciting thing is our You Can Crunch that's available in Amazon Prime. Uh, the reason um, we were fulfilling ourselves at the shipping cost is, is so high. So mm-hmm. high, embarrassing to have to to charge people for those uh, cheating costs. But it took us a, a year for them to approve all the. It's a food item, so Amazon is very harsh into approving uh, food uh, products, even though they are dry products. But we got it, and um, we're now distributing in distributing in Prime at an incredible price, and moving on to making. Um, dehydrated soups that uh, could possibly wow. be shipped also national and uh, possibly bone broth uh, as well. Uh, we're, we're very careful about that because of the protein um, breakage that we, we try to avoid 
So it's it's going to be a long process, but we're working hard on that. Okay. Well, congratulations! All the all the companies you're working with are huge names too. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and I'm super excited. Uh, both myself and um, Simone Miller from Zen Belly will be at Mission Heirloom on the 21st Tuesday night from six to eight o'clock. Uh, and we'd love to have you come by. You can go to any of our websites, and there's a link there to RSVP so we know how many to expect. Very excited about that. I actually head out tomorrow to drive from uh, Orange County up to the Bay Area. So I'm very excited to be up there. Nice. We're waiting for you, and we're super excited, and I think people are too. I mean, we've had a lot of uh, response on Instagram and Facebook, and people are going to be super excited, and I can wait to see Simone. I haven't seen her in a while, too. So I think we'll have a lot of fun. I think so, too. I think so, too. I really appreciate you taking the time to to talk with us and to, you know, do a TEDx and to share and to build a business and help create consciousness. Uh, someone like me whose quality of life is completely responsible for the work of so many people um, and people like yourself that are bringing awareness, you know, I, I thank you personally from the bottom of my heart because without um, without the work that all of us do, I don't know where I'd be personally. So it's so wonderful that, you know, you're not only doing it locally, but you're working hard to get your products everywhere, you know, through Amazon and mm-hmm. things like that. I think that's great. We feel the same way with uh, your work and work like, you know, talking about Simone and it's, it's a movement. It's the, it, we need a, we need 15 million people so that we reach a tipping point and this get to the masses and um, in a way that will affect policy, in a way that will affect uh, what our beer supermarket chains are actually offering. And um, it's not a one person job. It, it takes, it takes more than a village for us to train things out and, and reverse um, our immunity. That's rampant right now. It's, um, I, I don't fear of falling short or being exaggerated, saying that it's uh, rampant. So, um, so, yeah, thank you for, for, for your work, too, because it, we need to attack from every direction, and it, it's good to focus on one thing, right? So you do one thing right and, and hope all the other ones that jump in tackle all the other things that need to be done. Yeah, so true. So- so well said, too. Well, thank you so much, your miss, for coming on. And I guess you guys will see each other on Tuesday, correct? Yes, we will. Yes, we will. And again, sorry for calling in just on no, time. Perfect. It was perfect. It was you perfect. timed it perfectly. Awesome. Enjoy the awesome. rest of your day. You too, guys. All right, take, take care. Bye. Have a good one. Oh, she is lovely and so smart. And I'm, I, I, absolutely love that she's very similar to like how you, how you are, you know? And, and I mm-hmm. think when it comes to, um, you know, being the change and wanting to affect other people and, and help, you know, the world, like she said, it's a movement, it's a movement. And uh, it, it seems like she's killing it up there in the Bay. I can't wait to hear how that goes on Tuesday. Join us also next week, uh, which we're going to talk with um, Emily, Emily Albert. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. Emily Albert coming on, and that's going to be really exciting. I will have a playlist for you guys, and Mom's going to have some fun stuff for you. Join us 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Have a great rest of the week, and we'll see you soon. 
Yeah, ciao, ciao, everybody. Tonight, Take care. Tonight, if you guys are in Fullerton, remember the public house tomorrow tomorrow afternoon, uh, Boathouse. Just wanted to give you guys a quick reminder. Also, taking it to the street store kicks off tomorrow, paleoblocklady.com for more information. See you guys next week. All right. Ciao, ciao. Bye.